bless you. Listen, we want to turn to the Word of God this morning uh, to First Chronicles uh, chapter 15. First Chronicles chapter 15. Your man and his wife uh, were getting ready to go to church. Uh, and the wife was getting ready as normal. And she realized when she came up into the bedroom that the husband or her husband uh, was still in bed. And she's thinking, listen, we've got church to go to. You need to get up and get ready. And the guy's like, I don't want to go to church today. Um, and she's like, no, you have to go to church. And he's like, listen, I'm not sure if those people like me in church. And I'm not sure if I even like them either. So I don't want to go to church today. And it kept her going back and forth like this. So I don't want to go to church. Listen, let's do this. I'm going to go. She's like, you have to go to church. And he finally said, fine, you give me one good reason why I should go to church. And she said, because you're the pastor. <laughs> it's not my story. Listen, that didn't happen this morning, okay? <laughs> but I say that because um, there's sometimes, and I will admit, there's sometimes um, that I come and I'm feeling a certain way before I step into the house of God. And then when I step into the house of God, it's like something changes. Like I could have a weight on me. There could be like a heaviness. There could be even thoughts of, you know what, maybe next week someone else can preach or something like that. But when I step into the house of God, something lifts. And the reason that is, is because there is the presence here. When I come in, I feel a certain way, but I leave, I feel different because of the presence. I come in, there's thoughts going through my mind. When I leave, there's thoughts of victory because of the presence. And I want to preach a sermon of entitled, uh, presenting uh, his presence uh, this morning. Because uh, the presence of God uh, makes all the difference to a situation. I want to read out First Chronicles uh, chapter 15. Uh, um, and for those of you that know your Bible, this is a count that's here in Kings also as well. It's in Second Samuel as well. Uh, but um, we're going to read it in First Chronicles uh, 15. Uh, and the Bible says uh, from verse 11, it says, And David called uh, for Zadok uh, and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, for Asiah, Joel, uh, for Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab, uh, and he said to them, you are the heads of the fathers uh, of houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourself, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord uh, God of Israel to the place I have prepared it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of, of, of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles, as Moses has commanded according to the word of the Lord. I want to look firstly with you at the power of his presence. You see, in the Old Testament, God decided to localize his presence to a particular people and in a particular place. Now, we understand from Scripture that God is omnipresent. In other words, he is everywhere at all times. But there is a slight difference that sometimes he chooses to place his ministering presence in a certain place. 
In other words, yes, he is everywhere at every time, but he's not always ministering at every single place at every single time. Sometimes he decides to manifest his ministering presence in a specific place. And here we have it in the Old Testament. God gave them details and directions and how to make what is called the Ark of the Covenant. And it's like a mobile place of worship they had. They had tents and so on that they would put this Ark of the Covenant inside. And they made all sorts of, or he gave them all sorts of decrees on what it should be made of, what it should look like. And here we read in Exodus 25, verse number 21, it says, And you shall put the mercy seat on top of of the ark and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you and verse number 22 it says and there and there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony Think about how amazing this is. God, the God of the universe, the creator of everything we see and interact with, he was willing to restrict himself and make his manifest power in a particular physical location. We have to understand the size of God. We understand that, uh, listen, in 1 Kings 8 uh, and verse number 27, Solomon said this, he said, Will God indeed dwell uh, on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built. He's understanding the size or the magnitude of God, that nothing can contain God. But yet, he decided to restrict himself to this box, to this ark, and say, I'm going to speak with you right there above the mercy seat. And in the Old Testament, the ark literally represented the ministering presence of God. Where it was, the presence of God was too. And the presence of God is what made all the difference. I want to look with you that it's not the place, it's the presence. Come on now. It's not the place that makes a difference. It is the presence of God. Now, places are nice. They have significance. Without the presence of God, they're just a place. Come on, we used to build some wonderful church buildings in this country. I mean, you can still see them today. Massive, huge buildings. I remember me and my wife, we had a date night. Come on now. We had a date night in Beverly. Beverly is just a couple of miles up the road. And as we was driving there, we see this huge cathedral. Like I think it's the biggest I've ever seen. Massive cathedral. Great place. I mean, the architecture is great. But without the presence of God, it's just a building. We have to understand it's not the place, it's the presence. It's the manifest presence of God that that makes the difference. We understand in Exodus 3, when God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, it was amazing. And he said, listen, remove your sandals for this ground that you walk on now. It is holy ground. But what made that ground holy? It was the presence of God. Because before God turned up, it was just a dusty bush. Come on now. It wasn't holy. But when God turned up, when the presence of God turned up, that place began to be holy. It wasn't the place. It was the presence of God. In John 5, we're told that a man had an infirmity for 38 years. We know this story. He goes to a place where he believes the location is, if I just get myself to this place, I'm going to get my healing. If I just 
dip in this place, I'm going to find my healing. But how many know, for those of you that know this story, it was only until the presence of Jesus Christ came and met that man, did he find his healing. It wasn't the place that he found his healing. It was the presence of God. We have to distinguish that. It's not the place. It's the presence. Another distinguishing factor is, it's not the people, it's the presence. In our text, in verse number 12, uh, it says, And he said to them, You are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. These were prominent people. These were prominent men. They had titles. They had authority. And sometimes we get it twisted. Now, when we see people with title and authority or a following, sometimes we get it twisted to say that they are special. It is the person themselves that brings the special part. You know, we're in a day and age where we can see that preachers can reach a celebrity status to the point where people just mentioning the name of certain preachers carries weight. And listen, I want to say to you, listen, although there is good, you must respect the office of a bishop or a pastor. Yes, that's good. But we have to understand it is not the people that carry weight. It is the presence of God. Moses understood this. Exodus chapter 33, he says, listen to God, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us from this place. Moses is saying, listen, I've done a lot. I've seen a lot. You know, I've got some logistical skills now. I've been managing people for a while now. I got my education in Egypt. I was hanging out with princes. But I understand that our success is not going to come from me, my credentials. My success is not going to come from what I've done. It's only going to come from your presence. So he said, if we're going somewhere and you're not with us, listen, I'm not going. Moses understood this. He knew where his provision, his protection came from. It was coming from the presence of God. See, Samson missed this. Come on now. Samson missed this. Because we understand the story. Samson was dedicated to God. He had a vow made to God. And he was going out there. Although I imagine he was quite big like our Samson at the back there. Listen, although I imagine he had some, some muscles and so on. Listen, it wasn't in his gym routine. Come on now. His strength didn't come from how many, how many reps he had on the bench press. His strength didn't come from, from what he could pull and what he could do. Listen, it wasn't that. It was the presence of God, but he missed that. So he got tangled up with some, some women that, that kind of lulled him. And all the time, he would go out and do some things. I find it interesting in Judges chapter 16, when she does it for the third time. He says this, when she says, listen, the Philistines are upon you. He says this in verse number 20. He says, listen, I will go out as before. You don't know who I am. Listen, you don't know, I can run circles around these Philistines. He says, I will go out as before, as other times, and I will shake myself free. Such assumption. He said, listen, it's me that's special. You can do whatever you want. I can tell you whatever I want, but I'm going to do this. and I'll shake myself free. But look at this. It says, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know that the thing that made him special had left and he got a quick understanding, oh, I'm not as special as I thought I was. Because it is not people, it is the presence of God that makes the difference. 
Armies in the Old Testament, armies were defeated because of the presence of God. Idols were put in their place because of the presence of God. There was a man named Obed-Edom. His whole house was blessed because they left the ark in his house. The presence of God, everything he had, the Bible says, was blessed. Listen, it's because of the presence of God. When we turn up to church, if anything happens, if God speaks to people, if lives are changed, if words are confirmed, it's not not because of the great words that I prepared in my study. It's because of the presence of God that can take the words of a human and drive it down into the heart and soul of a man. If anything happens in church, it's because of the presence of God. And all we must hunger to be in his presence. Because without his presence, listen, we are just a sound. We're just a, I'm just a guy with a microphone. We need to have the presence of God. We must crave and hunger for the presence of God. Because it is the presence that makes all the difference can you say amen in its place the presence of God is what we should hunger for now I want to move secondly about the mode of transport you see the presence of God is all about people when God decides to show his presence and his manifest his power it's to do with people God's wonderful minister in presence is to minister to people But the profound thing about this is that his presence is to be transported by people. He's to minister to people, but his presence is to be transported by people. If we look in our text in verse number 35, sorry, verse number 13, the Bible says, But because you did not do it the first time, the Lord God broke out against us, because we did not consult him about the proper order. Verse number 14 says, So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders by its poles. And Moses, sorry, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, we understand that God gave specific instructions, details on how the ark should be constructed, but also how the ark should be carried on the shoulders of people. In our text, we're reading from chapter 15, but chapter 13 deals with an account where they wanted to move the ark of God, the presence of God, and they set it upon just a cart. They brought a new cart, and they said, listen, carrying this ark is long. It's too heavy. My shoulders are getting hurt. Let's just put it on the cart. It's more efficient. It's more convenient if we just do it this way. And they decided to disobey God, and as it started to stumble, a man named Uzzah put his hand out. And if you know the story, as he touched the, 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 the presence of God or the ark of God, God struck him dead right there, caused fear to cause out. The reason he did that, the reason God did that was to judge them saying, listen, I told you how to do something. I told you that my presence needs to be bought on the shoulders of people and you're put on a cart. Many times we need to understand that God's ministering presence needs to be brought on the shoulders of people. Now the Old Testament is obviously the presence of God is represented by this ark. And we understand the work of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. That he was the ultimate sacrifice. So we no longer have to sacrifice animals anymore. He, when he died on the cross, the Bible says the veil that was connecting or or shadowing the Holy of Holies was split in two. He is our new high priest. Our bodies become the temple of God. Listen, we no longer have to carry 
carry a physical ark. However, we still need to carry the presence of God on our shoulders. It is your responsibility to carry the presence of God on your shoulders, to bear it on shoulders. It is profound that God allows us to be a part of what he's doing in his earth. He allows us to have a part or play a part of what he's doing. And you need to not take it lightly. We are to carry the presence of God on our shoulders. You know, I find it interesting in Luke chapter 10. When Jesus is sending out 72 of his disciples, he's sending them out two by two to go and minister to the world, to the region around him. And he says in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 8, and he says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. In other words, when you go to a city, I want you to take the kingdom of God on your shoulders. When you go to a city, I want you to enter into that place and literally roll in there with the kingdom of God on your shoulders. You can make a difference, not because you have a talent or you have an ability, although that is good. You can make a difference in an environment, in your family, in a city, when you really carry the presence of God on your shoulders with you. You can make a difference when you realize, listen, I need to come and we need to enter into the presence of God. And it's our responsibility to do that. You know, sometimes we come into church and we want to someone else to bring in the presence of God but it's our responsibility to do that we should say listen I'm going to come in with the presence of God on my shoulders I'm going to bear that so when we have church it's not just a gathering we can see God move and touch people's lives and we do this by when we cry out to God we ask God listen I want you to do that the Bible says they had to sanctify themselves we should sanctify ourselves when we come in to the house of God bring the presence of God with us and then we would see a change in dynamics we would see a change in cities we'll see a change in churches and when the people of God actively bear the presence of God on their shoulders you know we're part of a fellowship of, of churches and uh, over three and a half thousand or, or about three three thousand churches uh, uh, internationally it's amazing and, you know, we're kind of a strong in evangelism. We go out, we evangelize, uh, we send couples out to pioneer a church from scratch. And I find it fascinating that you can send a man and his wife to go to a city where there was no church, just him and his wife, and then something is birthed out of there. I mean, seven or eight years ago now, Pastor Mo, Sister Liz, they did that here in Hull. They came, there wasn't a church here. They came and started to set things up and we we're seeing there's, there's testimonies of year after year we're sending couples and we see lives are changed, transformed, and wonderful testimonies of God. And I'm thinking, how is somebody able to do that? How is a couple, a man and his wife, able to go into a city and have such dominion? Because it is not about the couple. It's about what they're carrying on their shoulders. It's about the presence they're coming with. So when they step into a city, they can say to that city, the kingdom of God 
is near you. It's like when I think of that donkey who rode into Jerusalem and everyone was shouting Hosanna, not because of the donkey, but because of who he had on his back. So that's like us when we come into a situation, we can say into my workplace, the kingdom of God is near you in this workplace. We can come into our family, our family home, say the kingdom of God is near you in this place. We can turn up on outreach and go to a city full of sin, full of debauchery, and we can say the kingdom of God is near because I'm carrying the presence of God on my shoulders. We have a responsibility as men and women of God to carry the presence of God wherever we go. Send me to Timbuktu. As long as the presence is with me, we're going to see revival. Can you say amen in this place? We have a responsibility to bear the presence of God with us. That wherever we go, we can make impact. Wherever we go, we can make a difference. I find it fascinating that we're able to go and a situation can be completely transformed. Environments can be completely transformed. And I was speaking to one of the guys and he was telling me about the, the office environment. Um, how many of you work in the office environment here in this place? Let me see a show of hands. You know what I'm talking about. Office environment. You've got people that are talking all sorts of nonsense. There's all sorts of stuff playing on the radio. When it comes to Christmas parties, all sorts of nonsense goes on, right? But I find it funny because uh, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just a reserved kind of guy. I have, you know, I'm not that outspoken and so on. Uh, but I make it a point to let everybody know, <laughs> don't come with that nonsense when I step in the room. Don't start talking, because so now when I step in a room now, if somebody's swearing, they turn around, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> they apologize to me. Not because I'm anything special, but because I'm carrying something with me. Wherever I go, I'm carrying something with me. And, and they say that sometimes when I come in, there's like a difference in the atmosphere. I'm like, praise God, because <laughs> I'm carrying something with me. That should be your testimony. Now, wherever you go, there should be an impact because of what's on your shoulders. There should be an impact because of the presence of God that surrounds us. And then people to start to ask questions. Listen, how comes, listen, when it's all, all going wrong and stuff is happening, you can stay so happy. How comes, listen, we see the problems, that come, but you can still have a smile in your face. You can still have a song in your heart. How comes, then that's the opportunity if you say, listen, because I come bearing the presence of God. I come bearing the kingdom of God. And listen, you can join me too in the kingdom. You can be called a son or daughter of God if you join with me and carry the presence of God. And the Lord broke out against them previously because they took this job casually. They thought, let's look at convenience rather than obedience. Because sometimes it's a bit easier to be convenient. But it's much better to be obedient. The presence of God was to be born on the shoulders of people. We all have a part to play in carrying the presence of God, especially in the church setting. When people attend, when people are paying attention, when people are praying, when people are giving, when people sing, whatever ministry they do in any way, they are taking their responsibility and carrying the presence of God. And we're going to see and we want to usher in the presence of God. We want to properly usher in the presence of God in anything that we do. So that this building here doesn't just become a building. We want to see the presence of God. And many times people have come up and said, you know, or oh, I've spoken something or I've said, and they said, I was just talking about that the other day, or God ministered. I'm like, praise God, the presence of God here is here and speaking to people. 
And we need to continue to do that. As I look at my last point in pursuing his presence, we understand the power of his presence. We understand the method of transport. But this should be our plan to pursue this. In verse number 12, the Bible says, he said to them, you are the heads of the father's house of the Levites. Sanctify yourself, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord of God of Israel to place it, sorry, into the place I have prepared for it. We understand the word sanctify means set yourself apart or dedicate yourself. Dedicate yourself to the things of God. Separate yourself from the things of the world. And when it comes to bearing the presence of God, and listen, we need to come with an attitude. We need to come with an attitude to say what we're bearing on our shoulders is the priority of life. What we're bearing on our shoulders is the hope for this generation. What we're bearing on our shoulders can make the difference in our families, in our lives, in our, in our schools, our colleges, the universities, in the society. What we're bearing on our shoulders should not be taken lightly. And I find it uh, you know, interesting that people can come to the house of the Lord and treat his house anyhow. I know that doesn't happen in this church, but in some churches, come on now. Some church people can treat it anyhow. We need to recognize what we're doing when we're ushering in the presence of God. We are literally like the Levites as we're carrying those or carrying the ark with the poles on our shoulders. Listen, I find it interesting that they took things serious. When they was walking around the walls of Jericho, they sent the praise and worship team and they sent the presence of God. Listen, when they was going into battle, listen, this is fighting battle, physical warfare. They sent the presence of God. They carried the ark in the battlefield. Listen, the ark or the presence of God, yes, the Old Testament is gone. And sometimes, you know, you know, People are still looking, trying to find this, trying to find this physical box. And, you know, I find it um, interesting that God hasn't allowed us to find this because then maybe we'll put the reverence on this physical thing. And listen, it's changed. The presence of God now can be carried within our hearts. Can you say amen in this place? We don't need to carry the physical box anymore, but we still have the same posture that we carry it on our shoulders. We go, we speak to people, we tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. We come, we be examples. And when we see the presence of God is amongst us, listen, it changes everything. And I said at the very beginning that sometimes I can come in heavy. Who's experienced that before? On a Sunday, you know, it's church day and there's like a heaviness. Who's experienced that before? But when you come into the house of the Lord, sometimes even the situation doesn't even change, but your perspective does. Come on, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the presence of God that's able to, to lift you up again. You come during the whole week, you're burdened, you're thinking about this, this has gone wrong. You think about, but then you come into the house of God and something is different. That's why Sundays is a sacred time. When we meet in this place, it's a sacred time because it's not just the time. Although the building has to be nice, yes. Although the, the technical uh, stuff has to go on point, the screens, and although the, the praise and worship has to be on point, it's good and stuff. But what we need, what we need most of all is his presence. 
Because that's what's going to do our job. That's what's going to change hearts and change lives. That's what's going to bring people from the miry clay and set them on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. It's only his presence that's going to make a difference in somebody's life. You know, when we impact and we go out in the streets and we invite people to come into this place. Listen, we may use some music to kind of pull them in. But when they get here, I'm praying that they experience the presence of God because that's what's going to change them. That's what's to make the, the transformation is the presence of God. That's why we do anything before we do a concert, before we have service. We pray because we understand there's only one thing that's going to change somebody's life. I find it interesting. And many times some people use many different tactics and, and employ different things uh, to try and bring people. Listen, I just crave the presence. Um, listen, this praise and worship team, I don't know why I'm picking on the praise and worship team. It's fantastic. I think it's uh, one of the best I've seen uh, in a fellowship. I'm not just saying that blowing, blowing uh, smoke, but it, it's fantastic. Uh, but I've also seen some churches in our fellowship uh, where the lead singer is, um, uh, how can I put this correctly? Okay, the lead singer is less than good. Yeah, politically correct. The lead singer, uh, his, or the, his voice is um, uh, suspect. Let's put it out there that way, right? <laughs> There's some tones maybe he shouldn't try and reach, that he's trying to reach and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, okay, I've seen churches like that, but I've seen the place blow up in revival. How does that happen? Because it's not all about some of the things that we do. It is the presence when people are pioneering, listen, when my pastor, Pastor Chisel, he pioneered dub in the early days. It used to be him and the keyboard just singing praise and worship, and he was just singing. But there was something that drew young people there, and we stayed and we experienced something. It wasn't the singing, it was the presence of God in that place that changed people, that drug dealers, literally people who were gang members who came, laid down their life, picked up Bibles. There's people preaching around the world well because of the presence of God we need to come into the house of God bearing the presence of God so that we can change we can transform and then when people come in they experience something church the ark of the covenant is gone but the posture remains the same let's be like the houses of Levi let's come in every time we come into this building let's carry in the ark of God Every time we meet together, let's bear it on our shoulders. Every time we do anything together, let's contend for the presence of God. Because some of you are going through some things that I, in, in words, cannot change. Some of you experience some things that only the presence of God can remedy. Some of you are, uh, experience some family problems that only the presence of God can, can make a difference. You've got decisions to make that only the presence of God will illuminate your path. Church, we need to be like the Levites and carry the presence of God upon our shoulders. Let's give him praise this morning. He deserves it. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, presenting his presence. Let's bow our heads. Let's close um, our eyes in this place, uh, presenting his presence.